Hey guys, it's your girl Dinalan Dashi Jameson and you are listening to the Conversations with Purposed Women. This podcast is all about empowering women to thrive in their work with Jesus, motivation and accountability. We talk all things from celibacy, singleness, marriage, finances and purpose. I'm here to make sure that you are inspired, equipped and empowered to pursue God's mission. I invite you on this journey with me. Let's go after everything we've got together. Welcome to Conversations with Purpose Women podcast, the first episode that we're going to have on here. And um, I'm going to speak about a topic that's very dear on my heart. My name is Ndashin Dinalao Jameson. And um, yes, thanks for joining us in the studio. We're excited to dive into a topic that's been very dear to my heart. And um, I've had a few questions asked about this topic for quite some time now and prayed about it. And I figured I'd just speak about it or speak on it and explain my journey because I didn't get here overnight. So yeah, get a coffee, get a couch, become cozy and dive into joining us in the studio. Yes, iPhones, I'm excited to be here. And uh, let's get into it. I generally want to understand what celibacy means celibacy means abstaining from sex for religious reasons um until you get married to engage into sex that falls into the boundary lines of let's say god's order like having sex in marriage so celibacy is most people who had sex before or who had a history of sexual being sexually active normally make that decision to choose to abstain from sexual relations in order to honor God. Deep. My mind is all over the place right now. I'm just really trying to understand, you know. Yeah, based on what you said, I'm trying to understand, you know, the depth of it, you know. Is is it like it's preserving my body? Yeah. Can I say that? Is it safe to say that I'm preserving my body for... Okay, like, I, it is for religious purposes. It's for religious purpose, but at the same time, it's... I only get to have sex once I'm married. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand. Um, Tone it down. Just, just break it down. Like... Okay, let me make an example with my journey. Okay, um, I was sexually active before. Um, I had a boyfriend and yeah, dated for two years, A, B, C, and D. So the first, I've been saved for nine years. So the first three years was like one foot in, one foot out. And um, my thing was, I felt like a man would complete me or that having a man in my life would complete me. And that is what made me feel like, okay, if I give him my body, then it's fine. Then I'm going to have the guy. So... At the end of the day, it didn't work out that way. And um, yeah, went on to continuing to serve God when I said, Lord, I'm cutting off this relationship and I met someone else again. And the cycle repeated itself. And I caught myself in that cycle again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, giving your body to someone else that there's like a whole... um, it's a it's a it's it's you become one you literally become one and it gave me the understanding of why god said that sex should be safe for marriage because you you build a soul tie with that person so how i want to break it down to you is that i made that decision six years ago to say that lord you know what i'm abstaining from this um i'm surrendering my heart my mind my spirit my body completely to you and i want to serve you wholeheartedly you know, um, I don't just want to have, because I, I was brought up with that mindset with, okay, if you give a guy sex, it seems like 
it's it's all going good you know people are in long-term relationships and i had friends who were like in long-term relationships and it looked good so it, i just felt like okay maybe i should do the same thing so i was literally conforming not knowing that i had this void in my heart trying to want a man to complete or to fill that void but only god could fill that void so i made a decision six years ago and i said lord you know what i'm drawing the line here i'm not giving my body to a man again I'm giving myself wholly and full-heartedly to you. And the only time I'm going to engage in that act is it will be in the boundaries of marriage. Hmm. Yeah. So I made that decision and I'm really, I don't, I really don't regret making that decision six years ago. It's amazing. There's, there's so many emotions all over the place because now I'm thinking about it. Just a few days ago, I had a conversation with a friend of mine and she's in a relationship. And right now, the relationship has moved on to a distance relationship. And out of nowhere, I don't know how, I ended up encouraging her that maybe it's for a reason that this relationship has, has, has um, moved on to a distance relationship, whereas you don't have to have sexual contact with your, with, with, um, with your boyfriend. And now I'm thinking of it, you're born again, you're in a relationship, how do you how do you break this down to your partner like this is what god has revealed i know uh-huh. we've been together for this, this long, long and this is what's going to happen now yeah how do you go about that um well girl, i've been there <laughs> yeah um it's hard and i've been there because when i told this guy listen i'm time out i'm want to serve God fully because at that point of time I was still serving in church mind you I had my little boyfriend here and I was still going to church I was in in the choir I was in the women's ministry and I was still engaging in sexual acts with this guy and later not it just hit me boom that actually I started becoming depressed after giving my body to this guy and um, I couldn't take it anymore I had to like sit down with him and I told him listen these are the boundaries Um, I can't engage in that act with you anymore I want to serve God wholeheartedly fully with my mind mind, body soul and spirit because i'm not living up to what i surrendered my life to and it didn't feel right you know there was always that thing something in the back of your mind bothering you i would say not something i would say the holy spirit convicting me Mm. um because i'm still going to church but i still have this little boyfriend and we're still engaging in this act and at church i'm just all holy and holier than thou so i had to confront this thing and be honest about it so i i spoke to him and i put the cards on the table and i said you know what i don't want to continue in this act anymore um i want to really serve god wholeheartedly and he didn't take it very well so he I, he just said okay then we he will respect that but at the end of the day you know what happens obviously he just goes on to meet someone else and it continues and for me i just felt like then he doesn't deserve me because if he can't wait and respect my morals and values, then it means he's a man that I can't have. What if when we do get married, then I have to leave for three months or he has to leave for three months, and it means there will be no self-control. So I put the boundaries down for him, and when he, I was faced with, with, with I had, I was at a crossroads. So I was faced with, it's either him or God. It's either uh, um, making him, he was an idol in my heart already. He was an idol. So it was either running after this idol, letting go of God, in losing myself completely and I knew had I chose to like run after him or hold on to him or please him more than God I would have completely lost myself because I was already going through depression then hmm. so is it safe to say that um, celibacy is, we don't have to just tone it down to, to, to sexual relations because you mentioned something and again a thought came to mind 
so this is me exposing a personal you know mm-hmm. i recently broke up with my boyfriend but that was based on a question i asked god i prayed about it and he revealed and i'm, I'm proud of myself i actually I did something God asked me to do. I I'm, I'm in a relationship with this guy. We love each other. We admire each other and whatnot. And then I prayed and asked God, God, if you want me to be in this relationship, you will show me a sign. And if you don't want me to be in the relationship in this relationship again, you will give me a sign. And I asked through prayer, and you will answer me through prayer. Mm-hmm. And I remember on that same week, the sa- the Saturday, I attended service at church, and the man of God was preaching that day immediately I broke it down and the, the, he just encouraged the youth mm-hmm. to to how do I say refrain from relationships and the the title was was based on fornication okay the holy spirit ministered to him and said and and and, 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 and said to him that the youth are so so focused on fornication yes And I think that, that that that's a great part in, in this podcast since we were dealing on celibacy right now. So those two go hand in hand, fornication and, and celibacy. celibacy. So that is the solution to, exactly. for, to fornication because exactly. it is a sin in self. Exactly. And um, what, I, what I wanted to add to that is as well is the company you keep. Because at this point of time, I was keeping company with girls who were born again, like on fire born again. And I had this friend who, um, she told me she's seeing a guy, but she's staying by her aunt. And she would never allow me to visit her. If, if I do want to visit, she would like tell me, come to my aunt's house and she will come over to the aunt's house. But she was cohabiting with the boyfriend. And one day, I don't know what happened. I had to give her a lift back home. And I think she probably just forgot that she didn't reveal to me that she's cohabiting with this guy. And I gave her a lift and she said, no just dropped me at the guy's place and I went to drop and she said no I just came I'm coming to wait for him he's coming from work and I said okay and one day I just surprised her because I was in the area and I went to the answers and I was like I'm looking for my friend and the aunt was like no she doesn't stay here and I was like where does she stay the aunt said don't you know she's staying with the boyfriend I was like whoa whoa so at that point of time um prior to that I was like um the company I was keeping was not godly. So with her, she made it seem normal to engage in sexual acts, but she was rooted in God. And it, 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 that is what influenced me to give my body to this guy again, because I felt like we are soul sisters. We are sisters in Christ. So that encouraged me to like feel, oh, you know what? She's also doing it. So it's okay. You can also just tone down there. You're too serious. And just, just, just give the guy grace, you know? So reflecting back on my journey and my friendships that I had, I would say that really bad company corrupts good character because I was keeping that company. I was constantly hearing from her how this guy is and how she wants to have his baby and how she wants to get married to him, A, B, C, and D. And in my mind, I was also starting to form scenarios in my mind about the guy that I was seeing because I constantly told her, you know what? This guy wants to have sex with me. I laid boundaries. And she was like, oh, it's nothing, girl. Just grace the guy. So immediately when you have people keeping you accountable in a negative way, you start diving into that negative scene. And for me, that's what happened. That's how I fell into it. And we started discussing how it was. And she would tell me based on her experiences. And it, it just started feeling like it's normal. And that's why it's very important that you have 
people who really keep you accountable based on God's word, people who will be transparent and honest with you and give you the raw truth, even though it hurts. So that if I look back, because a few months prior after that, I think I left for overseas, I went to reflect and I realized she was a bad friend that I had. She didn't keep me accountable, yes, in a negative way, but not in a godly way, whereas keeping me accountable with the word of God. And um, yeah, so accountability is very important. And one thing that I learned in this past six years was that um, the enemy... God creates, the enemy perverts. The enemy perverted sex so much so that people don't even want to talk about sex really openly. And um, we were brought up with this thing of, you know, sex is what makes up a relationship. And in, in this journey of healing for me, God just came and he confirmed and he revealed to me that sex is a blessing but in the boundaries of marriage. And it doesn't, sex doesn't sustain a marriage Nothing sustains a marriage because we all were born with a void and only God can fill that void. And that's why it is very important to be equally yoked with the partner that you want to be with. Because if the focus is sex, then you, you both are idolizing the idea of sex and getting married for the wrong reasons or being in the relationship for the wrong reasons. So, And how, how do you know... Um... Because you mentioned earlier, if this man obviously will find someone else if he couldn't have sex with mm-hmm. you. How do you know that this is the man from God? That this is, he's from God, obviously, when you decide to take on that journey of being celibate and mm-hmm. still, you're still in this relationship. Yeah. And you're celibate at the same time. What characters or, how will you know? Um, To that, be honest, <laughs> I had quite a few frogs <laughs> in this journey and um you know it's that thing of constantly getting tested because the enemy will always test you in the area where you're weak. So if you not if you don't become strong in that area, if you don't become sexually strong and that's your weakness, he will always send you men or people that will try and seduce you or you know that will, and, and it's in that weak moment that he, that you always get caught. But for me, what I've learned so far in this past six years of being consistent in my celibacy in ABC, and I had a lot of guys come up to me and say, hey, you know what, you're a beautiful woman of God. I want to pursue you. And, you know, but one thing that I had to le- grow to learn was I had to look at the fruit of that person's life. And time will always reveal. Time will always reveal. And for me, I've made it a point in my life to go back to the Lord and pray about it and say, Lord, you know what? Reveal this person's heart to me. And God will always give confirmation if this person is from him. And number one, this person will keep you accountable to the word of God. This person will keep you accountable to your moral standards and values and will not allow you to break those moral standards and values because he will love God more than he does you. And that's why I, I had to learn to know, to say that, girl, stop trying to date people you are unequally yoked with it's a no-go zone i tried you know sometimes having that mindset of he will get saved girl it's okay he's coming to church with me he will get saved i had that mindset no girl how things are before you get married to this guy is how things will be when you are married to this guy and so that's why it, it experience has taught me hardcore stuff that I'm like holding on to now, principles, values, and also just to know what to look at, what not to look at. And the other thing is also that God answers prayers. The enemy does too. And many times it is that you're desperate for a guy. And 
why are you desperate? Why do you want to have a guy? Like for me, I was supposed to get married three years ago and God shut the whole thing down. And that's when the adults in my heart was exposed. Why, why did I want to get married? I wanted to get married for sex. Yes. That's one of the reasons I wanted to get married for. Um, number two, I wanted to prove a point that I have a ring on my finger. And God started exposing all those adults in my life and said, girl, you want to get into this for the very wrong reasons. And I'm so glad that he saved me from that because I would have been a complete wreck right now. Or the marriage I would probably have been into would have been a complete wreck right now because I wasn't emotionally, mentally, spiritually prepared for marriage. And when I, when I put that ring down, um... It came to a point where God, where I just started serving God for who he is and not for a man. And it just changed and evolved into really loving God for who he is. And that's how I stumbled into my purpose. That's how healing came completely for me, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and mentally. And now I want to get married for the right reasons, at the same time breaking generational curses, meaning that I want to get married with a man of God who is out of the hand of God, who understands my purpose, and also with the understanding that marriage is a marriage is a ministry, and God doesn't bring two people together for pleasure but for purpose. So my mindset prior to that was completely distorted based on what I've learned, based on what I did and how I lived. Um, I was just trying to find something quickly, but it says it. Yeah, I posted, yes, I posted something on my Instagram and it was about the, 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 the man God has for you or was yeah, a man who's not invested in God. You don't need to invest in him. And um, one of my exes sent me this long paragraph and I was so shook because he referred to the book of First Corinthians chapter 17 where it says that God when when God ministered when he, when Jesus was on earth he didn't speak to to the ones who who were following him already he mm -hmm. went to you know yeah, yeah and he said that we don't have to we, we don't have to fully keep our focus on the man who are already godly but he says he sent us out to save the the broken ones yes yes so they can find Jesus and stuff so does that mean that perhaps the man God has for you isn't even born again? Have you ever thought about that? Um, no, because I don't believe God will give me a man who's not born again. Because why would God give me a man who would compete for the heart of God? Because this man will be in constant competition with me, giving my time out to God. And God will not give me a man who cannot grasp or comprehend my purpose. What if it's up to you? Okay, that's what I want to discuss now. You see, when I had to break off my engagement, it was choice. God, there, there's not just one specific person for you. God presents the both of you to one another. And you both have a choice to say, you know what? I see what God is presenting to me. Him as a man has, has, he has a choice to say, Lord, I see what you're presenting to me. And the woman can say, Lord, I, I, um, I want to take what you're presenting to me. And that's where the both of you agree to now say, okay, we're falling in love. There's the, the signal is there, A, B, C, and D. It's a choice. But at the same time, living for God sets me apart for the type of man that I need to be with. 
because if i tell this guy look, look i need to go and have bible study i have a podcast that i'm doing or i need to go and lead women's ministry tomorrow he shouldn't be angry with me and, and tell me you can't go to church you can't go and do that because right now i i do one-on-one sessions with a lot of women and 50 percent of them are married and they're also going through things like before they got married things were all rosy and nice after that, because they got married to unbelievers, it was Rosie, the guy went to church with them. After that, it was all about, you need to submit now. Um, you're not going to church because you're spending too much time at church. So why would God give me a man that's competing, for, that's competing with God? God will never do that because he says that his blessings makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. So why would God give me a blessing that will add sorrow to me working in my purpose, sorrow to me having a relationship with God that's beneficial for me? So that's why for me, the, the Lord had to, I had to go through all these experiences to make me understand and to sift out to know what I really want. So I know what I really want. But also at the end of the day, even though I have my list of qualities that I want in a guy, at the end of the day, it's all up to God. But one thing that I do know is God will not send me a man whose heart is not fully invested in God because he needs to know God in order to understand me and in order to understand my purpose and to know that he will, and also that this man will not be intimidated to see me thrive in my purpose. He will not be intimidated because we have the same father. He will, he will grasp and understand that it's God's anointing flowing through me and in me and that he has no reason to feel intimidated or to feel in, insecure to see me on platforms or to see me grow and thrive in my, in my purpose with God. How would you advise women who are stuck in marriages? You know, I, I feel, you know what? The age of miracles yeah. has never ended. It will never end. Yes. You're stuck in a marriage for 30 years, 50 years, 40 years, and you come across someone like Musandeshi and she's telling it like it is and you decide enough is enough. The characters and qualities of the man that God has for me mm-hmm. and the man I'm stuck with right now. Mm-hmm. Two different things. Yes. Yeah. How would you advise a woman who is at the verge of literally at this point it's just divorce um, you know what? Thanks for actually asking that because funny enough, I had a conversation with a friend who is married yesterday about that. And we were talking about how um, when girls come back to me and they're like, Tashi, you know what? He's doing this to me. He's not allowing me to go out. He's not allowing me to go to church. He's doing A, B, C, and D. And he, that's his way of telling me how to submit. You know, she's just telling her side of the story. But one thing that I've learned, especially with being reconciled with my father, with the bitterness, hurt and pain, is that a story always has two sides. He has his side of the story as to why he does what he does and why he does what he does. And I told her, you know what, girl? One thing that I've seen in a lot of marriages and a lot of girls that come to me with what they're struggling with or battling within their marriages is that you saw the red flags before you got married, but you chose to ignore those red flags because then then we are taken back to why did you get married? What was the your motive or the reason for getting married then? Because you can't tell me that you didn't get to know this guy. You were supposed to get to know this guy to know that this is this is this is what resembles God's heart. This is what resembles what God has for me. But God cannot stop us from making choices. We have the power to make our, our own choices. And that's in Deuteronomy 28, where he says that you choose. These are the, 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 the pattern to blessings. These are the pattern to curses. 
So you saw that guy's red flags before you got married to me. Are you trying to tell me that you didn't see any of those red flags before you got married to him? You did. But you chose to ignore it because you thought putting a, him putting a ring on your finger and being married to him would change it. But it just amplified everything else. It amplified his root problems or your root problems, what you both were individually coming together with. Um, that's why for me, um, the guy that I was courting with, we courted for two years. We took time to get to know each other. And three months before we got married, I had an opportunity. I had a, I had a choice to say, you know what? I'm shutting this thing down because God told me, shut this thing down because your heart is not upright to want to do this thing. I had a choice to prove a point and to say, guys, I got a ring on my finger. Guys, I got married. I had a choice. But what did I do? I chose the choice that was the most toughest and most embarrassing at that moment, but now very liberating because I chose to uh, um, make a decision that would liberate me. And also there are consequences to being obedient and disobedient. So I chose, I made a decision to be obedient to what God was instructing me to do because in that moment I didn't see his hand protecting me. I only saw him not giving me what I wanted. I threw tantrums, literally. And now that I look back, I'm like, Lord, thank you for not giving me for what I was crying for. Because it's just like a child. when You, you can't give a two-year-old a knife to play with. He's not responsible or mature enough to handle that knife. With, you know, you get what I'm saying? So it's the same thing. God is such a good, good father. He will not give us. He knew at that point I was immature. He knew my motives for wanting to get married was wrong. And I had to go back and do introspection and say that, girl, be honest with yourself. This is what God is highlighting. You, he gave me grace to say you can step out. If you step out, good. If not, know that there are consequences to the choice that you're making right now. And if I don't look back with hindsight, I can, I, I can just look back and say that I would probably have sat with two or three kids divorced because my, motive, my motives would have been amplified in this marriage. I, would, I was a mess. I was completely broken. So what I always encourage this woman with is to say that you made the bed, you have to lay on it. It's tough, but it's true. And you, God hates divorce. I wouldn't encourage divorce, but I would encourage you to die to yourself and pray for your husband. But in, in a case of abuse where you are physically being abused, A, B, C, and D, I would advise you then to seek counseling from your pastor or get like just so that you can just get into a quarantine where you can get away from this person because then your life is in danger but other than that um you made the bet you have to lay on it you have to deal with it you have to now seek god in different ways on how to deal with it and die to yourself daily and what's your thought on um religious and moral education today in schools in tertiary education in high schools this is a, this is a subject but it's these the, this these two subjects religious moral education and life skills we're seeing today a very big slack on these two subjects mm -hmm. and in life skills yes we need to have the sex talk yes. especially with with the youth and yeah. religious uh, and moral education we need to have the talk about fornication which is one of the biggest sin and do you think this has a role to play with how the youth I would say um, yes and no because at the end of the day if I do look back 
education is important and i think one of the main things that i also learned was really sex was taught in life skills and also in biology or what do you call it yeah biology that i had until grade 10 and they they only emphasize on your reproductive system abcnd but there's not that whole talk about sex in detail the emotions that you go through abcnd and the emotional consequences that it does have on you on on both of you individually um but what i would say is that it starts at home it starts at home and for me coming from a dysfunctional home you know i didn't my parents never spoke openly about it it was always something that was not supposed to have been men- mentioned in in the house so you you want to experiment this thing because everyone is just like Shh, you're not supposed to talk about that we're not talking about that so we we were just brought up with that thing of you don't mention that in the house nothing you don't even mention it to your parents yeah and with your friends you can probably whisper and talk about it because you are inquisitive a b c and d but we we didn't have that foundation where our parents started talking to us about sex at a very early age we didn't have that so that's why um we started wanting to experiment later on words because you're like what is this everyone is talking about this everyone is saying this there's a hype about this so let's try it out you know so i would really say it starts at home it starts at home that's why when two people come together um, marriage reveals your single season both your single seasons individually that's why self-control is very important that's why discipline is very important um let me make an example perhaps um say that you were not uh, you didn't have self control in your singleness and you kept jumping from guy to guy because you couldn't oh you mu- were masturbating abc and in marriage that will be exposed because that's what that was your pattern of consistency in your single season so at the end of the day it's just like a recipe for baking you know you need to make sure that the measurements of your baking is accurate to bring out a perfect cake if the ingredients are messed up or the measurements are messed up you will have a cake that doesn't taste nice isn't it it's the same with marriage so i wouldn't want a man that's not disciplined that, that doesn't have self control morals and values a b c and d i i wouldn't want that so you attract who you are then you start i need to i cannot live and not have self control and watch porn and masturbate or have a boyfriend here and there but i'm not disciplined and consistent in my journey and work with god in really surrendering myself my body my spirit to god in order for the holy spirit to help me and guide me in that area and now that we're talking about it i want to dive into my consistency in my celibacy how i overcame how i got to where i am today so and initially it all boils down to you making that decision and saying you know what lord i'm now giving myself completely over to you but i need you to help me with this i'm struggling in this area and 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 i struggled in that area i i, I remember when i cut off the relationship 6 months into it i struggled i struggled i felt like going back i felt like oh, maybe i should just go and go back to this guy because you are flesh and blood you know but i ran back to the lord and i said lord i know nothing is impossible for you and with you i've surrendered myself completely to you but now i pray that you'll come and have your way in me come and help me i'm struggling i was i had to become honest with god and say lord you know what i'm struggling in this area and he came and he helped me but one thing god showed me was i left doors open that meant the tv shows i was watching the the, the pages of people i was following on social media the company i was keeping so it was a whole rewiring of my mindset 
that was starting to set in slowly but surely and I had to close certain doors I had to cut off certain friendships and relationships where there was no boundaries where people would just openly start talking about sex and not um as for me I don't have a television like God told me when I moved in on my own five years ago um God told me not to have a tv because he wants me to use my time for him and so I don't have a tv that that was a good way to keep myself accountable not to watch not to have tv or dstv to watch the shows where people engage in sexual acts a b c and d and so what i started doing was i started sifting my social media people who would post uh, half naked pictures or talking about sex i started unfriending them unfollowing them pages all of that i started doing that my friendships my circle i started sifting my circle too if i had friends that were in relationships long-term relationships and constantly talked about sex and they need to go home and whatnot i would just I just distanced myself because I had to guard my heart, my mind and my spirit from all of these things because they are planting seeds in my mind and in plant in receiving those seeds that are being planted in my mind it's very easy for me to go back to that. So I had to start guarding my heart, my mind and my spirit um in order to allow the holy spirit because I had to partner with God. It it doesn't it's 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 not enough for you to say God help me. But you, I'm still watching TV series where people are sleeping together, having sex, having friends who constantly talk about sex around me and about their boyfriends. It's it's not healthy because in that they sowing seeds in my mind. Those they are sowing seeds in my heart. So I had to start having pure conversations around me and and it was difficult. The first 6 months of um sifting my social media, my circle, the things I do watch, the books I read, it was tough. I would say withdrawal symptoms because I was starting to get into a disciplined routine of being accountable to myself and it was also about protecting my spirit, my heart, my mind. and to make sure that i'm around the right people who will keep me accountable who know where i do come from 6 years later i'm still on this journey and it has not been easy but it has been peaceful why i've surrendered to god i've started closing the open doors as i just mentioned i had to close all the open doors so that there's no open door where the enemy can come in and uh, attack me on that all right so Do you have any encouragement that I'm I'm sure you have a lot of encouragement. Yes, you do have encouragement that you would briefly share to the women out there who would like to embark on this journey of celibacy and you're going to tell the truth like it is so we don't have to, you don't filter anything out. Tell it like it is just like you've experienced it in your 6 month. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um I would really encourage them to say that number one um your body belongs to God first before it belongs to anyone else. And um it might sound a bit easy for me to say this right now but it took a lot of discipline to get into the routine that I am to get into a disciplined mindset because Romans chapter 12 says that we need to be renewed in our minds and not to conform but to reform. So, um I would encourage them really that nothing is impossible for God. If you are authentic and transparent and say, "Lord, you know what? I'm struggling in this area. I need you to come and help me." He is able to come and help you. It's 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 and that's why it's so important to have 
an open relationship with God where you can be honest and transparent uh, with your with God to say that I'm struggling in this area. Father God, I need you to help me. He will help you. And one, one of my prayers was also that, Lord, assign and align me with the right people who will push me towards your will and purpose for my life and who will keep me accountable to what you've called me to be. And really, he has really assigned and aligned people in my life who have really kept me accountable, still keeping me accountable. Um, you know, friends who will not just invite you to come and watch a movie where people are engaging in sexual relations or whatever. They make sure that it's it's clean. And say, can we watch a movie or can we have a movie night? You know, something that has a message in it that when you leave that place or that cinema, you know that you got something from it. And um, that's just what I've learned also is that everything has a purpose. Um, you need to look out for the purpose of the, your why. Why are you still with this guy? Why are you struggling to still um, keep your body or honor God with your body? And I've had a lot of girls tell me that um, they broke up with a guy, they are on a journey of celibacy, but they're still struggling with masturbation and watching pornography and ABC and D. And I would just encourage you that just be watchful of the company you keep. Observe, do homework, see what doors are still open in your life. Is it perhaps the pages that you follow on social media that's like triggering you? You need to know your triggers. You need to know what will trigger you into getting into that mode of, you know. So know your triggers. When you know your triggers, you will know how to guard your heart, your mind, and your spirit. And that is what's very important. Like for me, I know my triggers. And I just had to get rid of everything else that would trigger me in order to be focused. And the other thing that I would really also encourage and say is that when you, when you are rooted in God, when you're spending time with God, when you are involved in community, because in my single season, I've grown to learn that a man doesn't complete me. He comes to complement me. And until then, I need to be fully immersed in the things of God. Get involved. I got involved in different projects. Uh, God told me what I need to start doing, the podcast, all of that. Get busy with the things of God. Because when you do have time, when you, when you make time to spend time in the Word, in worship, in immersing yourself in the things of the Lord, where will you get time to masturbate? Where will you get time to watch pornography? So I had to be intentional. Like I spend time with God every day. I make a date with God like I would do with anyone else that wants to have coffee with me. So you need to start becoming intentional with your own life, with your own routine, and by keeping yourself accountable as well. So if you are fully immersed and rooted in the things of God, where will you get time to watch pornography and be involved with conversations in IBCND? And it's not that I didn't have temptation in all of these six years. There was. People came, I had friends who would start, not friends, people who would just mention things. Let's say I was perhaps on a, on a, on a bus drive to a different town and people would start talking around me. I would put my earphones in my ears and start listening to worship or music, you know, because you can't control that when people start talking around you and you're in a public transport. You can't. So I would really encourage girls to say that, look, know your triggers, become accountable, pray for people who can be accountable to yourself. And also if it's something that you are, you've, you are very deep uh, into it, whereas you don't know how to stop it, how to say no to the guy or how to stop masturbating or watching pornography, I would say get counseling. Get someone that you can openly talk to about, about what you're struggling with and someone that can keep you accountable and help you on how to get out of that rut, so to say. So that's just my encouragement out there. And again, nothing is impossible for God and with God. 
He is all sovereign, all powerful, all sufficient. All sufficient. He has helped him with so many things to overcome so many things, and even even including the spirit of anger. So that's it, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast, and um, I hope you will be encouraged by by what we discussed tonight. And I'm thankful for having you in studio. Thank you for those questions. I love that it comes from a pure place and from a place of wanting to know. Also, in terms of representing all the other girls who are really intrigued by sitting with all of these questions, and they like very scared or afraid to go and ask someone else in the community or in church openly. So, yeah. See you again soon. Thanks for joining us in studio. Ciao.